follow along as best you can. Australian Musicians Radio dot com. Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel, and welcome to Bar Talk. Hi guys, this is Bass, and you're listening to Bar Talk here on Australian Musicians Radio.
Oh yeah, hello my chums, hello my chams, hello my bloody seaside, beachside, riptide clams. Oh, it's good to be back. It's so good to be back indeed that I am just bursting at the seams right now because you have just tuned in for a brand new spanking fresh hot sexy son of a bitch episode of Bar Talk. The one, the only, right here through AMR or wherever you get your podcasts. It's me going L solo again, the big D, Daniel M. Pern, uh, hand solo DJing some of the best tracks from Australia and New Zealand coming out from independent artists. And, of course, interviewing some of those artists at the same time. Oh, what did you just come off, folks? What did we just pounce straight into for this one? It was Selena Sharma with Bad For You featuring Rich the Kid. And before that, Higher by Kwame. Oh, it's good to be back, guys. I'm feeling a little bit shaken up. Don't know if any of you guys um, watch the Melbourne news at all, but we had a little earthquake today. <laughs> which is uh, funny because it was uh, the biggest earthquake in Australia in about 25 years. And I was wondering why my, uh, my, my dishwasher was rattling all the way across the house in the uh, laundry. And yes, the house was shaking just a touch, but I'm well grounded. I've got my glass of wine here. I've got my, my notes up here about ready to pounce and tell you a bit more about these songs. And, and most importantly, I've got you guys here to listen to my bullshit for the next couple of hours. Oh, and am I pretty keen to get onto this bullshit because it's good bullshit. Now, what we just came off. Um, first up, the one, as I was saying before, the one, the only Kwame. Uh, it's been a long time coming, getting some new Kwame. His first song of the year. Uh, he is no stranger to being played on AMR at all. Gareth has loved uh, Kwame's song since he first started out. I, I know... Um, a few years back, we had one of his songs make the top 50 countdown, and who knows, maybe this one will be in the running too. But Higher, absolutely loved it. As I was saying, first first song for the year, and apparently it's going to be the first song uh, of a few that are going to be coming out in the coming months before the end of the year. So it gives you something to look forward to, eh? But um, but, but in particular, this song, I oh, what a, yeah, tell you what. When you, hear, when you expect new Kwame music, you expect it to be super slick and just holding up to the best of the best. And he certainly does do that here as one of easily the forerunning Aussie R&B artists. Um, I particularly like what sounded like, and I say emphasis on sound like, an electric guitar there at the start. I thought it added a cool little intro. But apart from that, just a lot of few, really few good elements going on in there. The sort of the pitch correction during the chorusy part, it sort of added this like nice bouncy melody to things which you know you want with a good r&b song you know that just grabs your attention uh bloody hell uh kwame are getting love from everywhere including us here at amr and i'm keen to hear more apparently there's a uh snooky little music video out for it too if you want to go and give that a squiz i think gareth's already shared it i, I without <laughs> without having the page up in front of me i can't remember but right after that, uh, another quite well-known artist, uh, well, two quite well-known artists, Selena Sharma, and uh, featuring Rich the Kid with Bad For You. Now, Rich is a, one of you may know, is a American rapper, but 
Selena is whilst UK based from Australia, born and bred over here. So we we still count you, Selena. You know, you just made it. <laughs> but honestly, another artist that over the last couple of years has really, you know, really, you know, reaching for the sky, I guess, in terms of their achievements. Apparently, she's going to be having some music featured on an upcoming Marvel soundtrack, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but in the meantime, she's released this brand new epic little collab. What did I like about this one? I tell you what, it's <laughs> there was a sort of razor folk, razor sharp focus going on with that the choice of rhythm and, and the vocal hook, sort of interlacing with each other, and it really helps, I think, keep it sort of that almost double time frantic pace, which you can really appreciate when um, when you're just going for something with a bit more. Gets a bit more pace to it, you know. You're you're going for a sneaky little trot on your on your horse, but as far as the duo going, there is certainly that sort of rhythmic chemistry going on between the two artists, which I do appreciate as well. You know, you want that when you're putting on a feature single with a with a feature artist of that caliber. So good stuff, guys. Keep it up, as always. Um, we've got so much more music coming. We've got another 12 tracks. I know it seems like every episode we're doing more tracks than we normally do. I'm still catching up on the emails. These are these are tracks that have been coming out over the last few weeks. The best of the best, all different genres, actually. Quite a bit of pop this week, which I think is actually probably pretty appropriate for our guest, which I'll talk about soon. Uh, but a great bit of indie, too, towards the end, and an and awesome heavy music, as always. Uh, I'm so excited, folks. I'm so excited. I'm shaking. And it's not just because of the uh, PTSD from the earthquake. Uh, up next, got two two brilliant pop tracks, starting off with uh, an artist that we haven't played before, Jack Vigeon. Uh, Jack Vigeon, you guys may remember, for those of you that follow that sort of thing, which is certainly not me, so I didn't know this, but apparently he was on Australia's Got Talent about 10 years ago. And according to his um, official press release, he's 10 years older and 10 years wiser, which, you know what, you hope that's the case. <laughs> anyway, this guy's no stranger to reality TV. Uh, was on I'm a Celebrity, which is, uh, <laughs> I remember watching the first series of that. And yeah, it, it, reality TV is not my thing, guys. I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't comment about this, but- if you watch your reality TV, you've probably seen his beautiful face pop up somewhere along the line. Um, he's recently become an independent artist, so welcome to the club, Jack. And uh, this is his latest single. A couple of previous singles have uh, done very well in the independent charts, and for good reason. The guy's got a phenomenal vocal range. And uh, speaking of vocal range, you know, <laughs> you'll hear this when you listen to it, but there is nothing go- wrong with going full dramatic towards the final chorus, which you'll know what I mean when you get to the end of this song. It's, it's fucking mad. Um, but apart from that, damn, there was a lot of soul in this song. And definitely when, when you take into account the backing choir that's going on, just this sort of great swell going on. But apart from that, just this sort of muted production going on really does actually play to, to the strengths of the vocals from the lead artist as well as his backing vocalists. Really, yeah, it's a vocal-heavy track, which you do right, like this song. <laughs> and it works. It bloody works. But uh, Goodbye is the name of the song. But when we're not going anywhere, folks. Don't, don't you fucking pause your, pause your episode right yet. After that, we have an artist that I'm a little bit familiar with. Why? 
You may ask, well, this particular New Zealand artist, we've had the pleasure of interviewing her when she came out with a previous EP. I'm, of course, talking about the phenomenal Prince, who had the audacity to send in music herself, which is actually a really good reminder that if you are an independent artist from Australia, New Zealand, or even the Pacific Islands, be sure to send in your tracks to amrairplayatmail.com with all the goodies, just like Prince, who adds us her, her press release and pictures and a little bit about what she's been up to, which I want to hear about what you good artists are up to when you send your music. Tell me what you ate for breakfast. Tell me where you were when you when you experienced the great Melbourne earthquake of September 2021. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to keep taking the piss out of this earthquake because it was like a Richter 6 on the scale or something like that. But where I was, I could hardly feel it. So, of course, I'm going to take, take the piss out of a pussy little fuck-off tremor. But I digress. Um, Prince has probably experienced a few more earthquakes than me coming from New Zealand. Um, the name of this news track that she's got coming out is called Bathic Bitch. And whoa, it is a diss track and a half, I tell you what. Um, it's it's a bit of a different change up to the the style that I'm sort of used to. It's a bit more of a naughty side, which I like, you know. It's a good change when you hear artists and you think, oh, yeah, this is their lane, and then they sort of switch things up for their next release. And, I mean, Prinz, with her level of talent, can do that. I remember her EP, uh, when I was listening to it when it came out, was very varied in terms of musical styles. So it's good that she can you variate from release to release. And as I was saying before, diss track and a half, um, apart from, you know, different musical styles, she knows how to do different vocal styles in the one fucking song. Um, I mean, it's a very determined song, I guess, if you're talking about the lyrics in terms of, you know, putting down your opposition, but <laughs> nothing wrong with a bit of determinism. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's, I say let's get straight onto it because I'm going to be back real soon. But right now here on Bar Talk, we have two phenomenal artists, Jack Vigin with his song Goodbye and Prince with their song Basic Bitch. You bitches better be listening when I come back. Or else. Couldn't breathe anymore. Couldn't see anymore. Became a body in that moment. The bed is warm. Your hands are colder. I've been here before. But this time I'm unsure. This pain inside I've tried to numb a thousand times. But now it's one. Would you even care if I?
this is Prince, and you're listening to AMR. That is indeed the phenomenal talents of the one, the only Prinz with her song Basic Bitch. And before that, Goodbye by Jack Vigeon. <sighs> Folks, it's me, Big D, never going anywhere, but because I'm dedicated to pissing in the mic and blurring out good shit. And more importantly, farting out these brilliant songs. Well, you know, me not creating them, but me passing on the the uh, flame torch of um, sonic genius to your beautiful eardrums for these phenomenal independent artists. But yes, it is so good to be back and kicking with uh, introducing who I'm going to be interviewing. Well, who I did interview the other day and who you're actually about to hear more precisely. Um, this week- a really special artist, actually, who are really one of a kind. They're, they're bold, unique, and very proud act uh, to the point where things are on a biblical level of awesome. Um, I'm, of course, talking about Alter Boy, who we uh, featured a little while back uh, with their song Act of God, which I was very impressed by. And I tell you what, Michael Hilliard from the Redline podcast, who was co hosting with me that episode, uh, was very proud to admit he knew their videographer. So go back and listen to that episode. It is episode number, episode number 57. Yeah. Only a few episodes ago, just click your back button a few times. But I had to have these guys in for a chat because <laughs> they've got some pretty, 
pretty ambitious goals as a band and really are doing something that is one of a kind in this country. I won't give too much away, but um, you'll because we'll, we'll be talking all about that with Molly from the band. And uh, we will actually be playing one of the EP tracks that has just been released, which is also called Act of God. But the song's called Slay King, which is an awesome track, opens up the record brilliantly. But before that, uh, we have another pop artist to sink your teeth into. The song is called Zero, and it's by a brand new musical duo called Juno. Uh, which is a Brisbane duo that are apparently made up of some of the former members of the Sunflower Band, which I thought the name sounded familiar, but then when I was looking back across our episode history, we did play one of their songs back in episode four over a year ago. So I knew there's a little bit of a connection. It's a lovely, lovely small world out there. But yes, this is indeed the brilliant debut of these guys. Uh, The duo is, respectively, Kayla Ferguson and Sam Woods. Uh, And, tell you what, I had funk guitar coming out of my ears for this one. Just the right amount. Hit the sweet spot. I liked how it was sort of, in terms of the vocals, had this sort of kooky mix of, like, 90s R&B and then this 2010s indie pop styles going on. But I feel like, and I mean, I feel like it's a bit of an oxymoron because Brisbane hasn't really been in that much of a lockdown lately. But uh, I feel like this would be an awesome party jam for when we, us dirty Melburnians down here, do come out of our forever lockdown, hopefully in a month or two. So I uh, better be jamming this song later. But yes, that that is uh, this this little sugar pop hit is coming up right at ya real soon. But yes, after that, as I said, we have the Alter Boy track Slay King as I. A previously mentioned, I'm very keen to get onto onto it. Actually, I, I figure I shouldn't blabber on any further and play the bloody songs. Why not? Here they are, Juno and Alter Boy, in that particular order, right here on Bar Talk. Be back before you know it, folks. <clears throat> well, it got a round all that went down. Yeah, talking shit about me, I don't owe you none. Back in the day, thought you were my number one. Now you drag my name around, run your mouth all over town. I'm too expensive for you, cheap talk. Now the me you can't touch what you can't afford. It must be cold upon your high horse. Shut my eyes and count you out like one, two, three, and. For taking the time out of your busy week To buy up a novel about your every thought on me I ain't losing any sleep While you're losing everything All the flicking by your way Now you're looking at the king
Holly from Alterboy and you're listening to AMR. Folks, all right, folks, welcome back to Bar Talk right here on AMR or wherever you get your podcasts. That was a phenomenal track. In fact, I would say that song slays 110%. 
Bloody hell. You guys are all queens and kings for sticking with me on this one because that song's called Slay King by the phenomenal artist Alter Boy. Whomst we have played a few weeks back, if you might remember, with their title track, Alter God. Alter God. <laughs> I got that mix up, guys. <laughs> Act of God. It's okay, guys. I can mix up words as well. And I'm sure Molly from Act of God can as well. So let's give her a good old bar talk welcome and uh, say hello, Molly, I guess. <laughs> hey, friends. Oh, she- Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You've called me a friend, Molly, and I, I feel like that's our wholesome moment of the day <laughs> done. Love it. Cool. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Interview's done, guys. Here's the next song. No. Welcome to the show, Molly. It is, um, it's, it's great having you on, and it's great to finally have a listen to your EP in full, because it is a brilliant EP. Thank you. Thanks so much. How how do you feel now that it's just out there in the world for everyone to scrutinise and pull apart and, you know, give you all the yeah. dirty, nasty feedback? Right. So, we've well, – gosh, I don't know. Um, I think we're all a little bit burnt out at this stage because we created this EP very, very quickly. So, we kind of smashed it out um, in a couple of months or in about six weeks. Um, we gave ourselves a, a really – really um short deadline on this one so mm. i don't think we've really had enough time to really to sit back and appreciate what it is that we did or um to to really hear any of that feedback and on the day that we released it we went straight back into the studio and started making another song so we're just you know churning them out at this point you, you guys really are a workhorse group aren't you yeah. it's just you don't <laughs> stop you know, you hear about these other artists, they do their EP, their album. Oh, I've been working on these songs, you know, since 2018. But you guys, in and out, <laughs> no bullshit. I love it. You guys are very direct. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I think we've got a lot of ideas. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the background and we just want to get it out as fast as possible. Mm. So, as soon as we finish one, we're not even thinking too much about feedback. We're just starting We're starting the next one. Yeah. What- What's been, and I know you don't really focus much on feedback, but surely you would have seen some of the hype or, you know, the response to some of the songs, though, just in the wild. Um, Has there been anything that stood out in terms of an observation about these songs so far? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because we navigate two worlds. So, we navigate the hearing world and the deaf world. So, we've got our kind of our feedback from the deaf community mm. Um, mm. in reaction to our, our silent videos and our Auslan music videos. And that's been really beautiful, really wholesome and supportive. Um, and then we've got our hearing community that uh, supports us. And um, we've had a little bit of confusion, which has been nice because some of our, there are some songs on the EP that are, um, they're a little bit confusing for our hearing audience. So that's been a really cool mm. to, um, mm. To have people come in with questions, asking us what our intentions were, yeah. um, why they can't hear the sixth song on the EP or the third song on the EP. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, those conversations have been awesome. So, it's interesting because, so for people not in the know, and we did cover this, um, I believe, when we did play your title track a few weeks ago, but your group, Alter Boy, is a hearing impaired group. Or oh, well, I don't know what the proper term yeah, is. You so can probably describe it in yeah. a better way than I could. 
So we call ourselves deaf and hard of hearing. So we have um, a member who's completely deaf and then we've got two of us that are hard of hearing. Um, So we kind of um, move between Australian Sign Language, Auslan and Mm. and voice and sound. So we're constantly kind of navigating or alternating between sound and silence with our music or with the way that we present our music. Yeah. Does it ever feel like though that because it is a pretty sort of groundbreaking idea this this idea that you can have well i guess it's not necessarily groundbreaking because the art but the idea that you can that music can still be in mediums other than in an auditory setting you can have quote-unquote silent songs um do you, do you ever like has anybody ever said oh these guys are these altar boy guys these are like gonna blow apart every, our entire perception of reality in terms of what we call music like, is there, has anybody tried to pump your ego up just a little bit too much when I'm guessing you guys are just like, Absolutely. well, this is just us. This is just <laughs> what we do. Yeah. I mean, we forget sometimes that what we're doing is it does have a revolutionary quality to it. To create music for people that can't hear is really a big, a significant part of what we do. Um and for some people, that, that is mind-blowing. They've never considered it before. Mm. They've never considered that deaf people can have a relationship with music. And there are plenty of deaf people that have a relationship with music, but there are no deaf bands we're aware of. So it's nice to be the first of a kind. And actually, this transitions well to a talking point we had before we hit the record button, which was that you, you're actually applying for Eurovision for when Australia performs <laughs> next year, which... You know, you were talking about how they have, uh, what was it? They have some sign language interpreters, but they haven't had yeah. a deaf band or anything to do with hard of hearing on there. Was that was I getting that right? Or yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, absolutely right. Yeah. So there are um, hearing interpreters yeah. in in different countries, and you'll often see them kind of in a box in the corner of the in the, of the screen, like like and a be COVID update. Like a COVID update. Like the COVID update, yeah. <laughs> well, we've had a little, we've had a few issues with the COVID update scenario because sometimes there's an Auslan interpreter and sometimes there isn't. So we're kind of, you know, we're kind of uh, advocating for a little bit more access at the moment. But, um, but mm. yeah, back to Eurovision, it's it's really important to acknowledge that. Uh, hearing Auslan interpretation isn't deaf representation, so it's really important for us to reclaim that space. Um, yeah. And we hope that 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 spaces like Eurovision recognise that and understand the importance of deaf people representing ourselves um, rather than us being represented by interpreters. What what has been the response so far from the international um, deaf community relating your guys' music? Has it really sort of brought some attention in other international circles as to something that you can do as a deaf person, you can still make music, or has it largely been an Australian response so far? So every country has its own language, sign language. Mm. So some people think that that sign language is universal. Sometimes we'll have people telling us, oh, it's really cool that you're able to communicate with any deaf person anywhere around the world. And we have to remind them that every country has its own sign language. Um, So... 
Um, we have a strong relationship with the deaf community here in Australia mm. and we've started to build some networks internationally as well so that we can um, hopefully start to bring some of our act overseas yeah. um, and work with other deaf people. But music uh, in deaf spaces isn't new. It's not mm. unique. Um, what what While what we're doing is unique, having a deaf band is unique, um, deaf people have been signing music for a really long time um so it's been beautiful just to be able to connect with our australian community more than anything yeah yeah yeah. i was gonna say speaking of your shows um for those of Mm. us who aren't initiated or uh what's what's the let's use the uh proper proper term aren't uh yeah i guess initiated is the (laughs) i'm thinking of like let's use some religious puns here no but initiated (laughs) i think is the actual proper term for those of you who aren't initiated in the altar boy experience uh what kind of live show should we expect if we were to turn up to one Oh, it's different every time. So we try to bring something unique to every one of our shows. Yeah. Um, I think that audiences can expect big, dazzling sort of performances, choreography, light sort of light um, techniques, and mm. um, they can expect moments where they don't that they don't have access to. So there are moments in our show where we operate in silence, where we only use Auslan, and then there are um, um, you know sound. Um, sound moments or moments where we kind of um, really hit the music hard. So I, th- I think that I hope that our audiences are interested to know what we're going to do next. That so we always bring something interesting. We always bring something strange um, to our shows. Um, and our costuming is a really important part of what we do as well. So we use yeah. a lot of religious iconography in a really positive reclaiming way. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we dress up in costumes. We have costume changes. Um, we get off the stage. Sometimes we lose a member. Um, um, to to the audience, and then that member will come back onto the stage. So yeah, we have all of these really unique kind of moments of advocacy. I think within our set. So are there some? So even though you might go for a, a varied show from night to night, I'm guessing there are some essential building blocks that you would use to put together a show, though that would remain the same. Absolutely. It's really important for every single component of our songs to be deaf accessible. So sometimes we're using choreography to show deaf people or our deaf community what's happening musically. So I might cover one instrument with my body and another member will cover another instrument with their body to show to show the music. Um, and it's really important for us to also be signing um, the story as well. Auslan has a completely different structure to English, so the way that we tell the story in Auslan is completely different, um, but we but we do tell the same story. So it's really important for us to have almost like two parallel performances happening at once, yeah. one of them sound-oriented and one of them silence-oriented. Well, I mean, I guess even if you are, even if you don't have any inkling of how Auslan works or can't, you know, sign it, there's still obviously that performative aspect to it. No, there's something visual going on that regardless of whether you're hearing or of non-hearing, you can still all appreciate at the same time, I guess. 
Oh, absolutely. We've got uh, plenty of hearing people coming out to us ask after the show, um, telling us that they, they felt more connected to the visual component than they did the music or um, that it was the first time they'd seen Auslan in a performance or the first time they'd seen Auslan performed by deaf people. Mm. Um, so it's not, not necessarily alienating to uh, hearing audiences. It's something that everybody can connect to in their own way. Nice, yeah. So let's let's move on. Let's talk a bit about the actual putting together of the record, because um, as you were saying before, it was such a, a quick progression going from start to finish. Only a matter of weeks in in getting it together. Was there a clear vision as to what the EP would be about when you went into the studio, or was it a case of you sort of ran with it and then worked it out as you went along? Uh, I think it's really important for us to be authentic. So there, we were very, we were open to whatever came out, um, mm. whatever narrative came out of the EP. But we we soon kind of came to recognise that there was a um, a thread between all of our songs. So um, you know, we we talk about um, this idea of evading society's typical milestones and choosing the the life of an artist. Um, mm. So we we've got songs that talk about um, the fall and fame of Achilles from the Greek mythology, yeah. um, and the persecution of Jesus and um, um, and the king at the at the wake of battle. And those are really important um, narratives for us in terms of our own existential crises. So it's a it's a big existential crisis. That's kind of what I would call this EP. Right. So it is. And look. You definitely get the sense when you're listening to it that there are some big statements going on with the music. Like, there's nothing small about it at all. It really does, you know, it's a bombastic record. Mm. Is, uh, is, is that always intentional? Like, are you always intending to create something that is loud and big, you know, loud both visually and, I guess, artistically? Is that always the intention? Yeah. Here? Yeah, so I work with um, our producer, Andrew Wright, and mm. the two of us write the songs together. It's yeah. really um, important for us to use, you know, really low sounds, really heavy drum and bass so that, you know, we, so the deaf people have access um, to be able to feel the music through the floor in the same way that you might feel music through the floor of a church or um, feel music through a speaker. Mm. So there are those intentional moments. It's important for us to, um, to, create music that feels epic right that feels really powerful and moving yeah. um and a lot of our songs are it, it's dark pop so a lot of our songs come from a dark place um some of them are comedic so some of them are funny and some of them are sad and um but they all have that that kind of epic tone um that feels yeah. important to us yeah. you were telling me before too that you've been doing you know before the interview that you were doing a bit of reading lately so and you go on to about these things like greek literature you know biblical yeah. passages are also influencing it there so do you consider yourself quite an avid reader then and does that what you're reading tend to influence what creative output you're doing at the time Absolutely. I read some really dark shit. So I mostly read like post-apocalyptic <laughs> stuff um, and, you know, biographies of people that have had really challenging lives um, mm, mm. and I read, you know, archaic religious poetry, um, a lot of Greek mythology. I'm obsessed with the relationships mm. that um, uh, 
that come out of Greek myths. And often those are gay relationships or trans you yeah. know, tr people who are transgender in relationships with other trans people. Um, so, yeah, I do use a lot of a lot of those stories. Um, and I've used some of those stories in the EP as well. So with these sort of these sort of dark, brooding, you know, as you say, post-apocalyptic stories that you're reading, do you tend to find that there is sort of a strange comfort with that? Or do you tend to find there's like a positive, you know, unintuitively a positive sort of outcome that comes with a lot of these dark stories? I like to sit in the darkness. Um, there's, there is something comforting about um, about a post-apocalyptic world and there's something comforting about um, a space that is removed from mm. capitalism or so removed from capitalism. Um, there, there's a sense of safety in that, being able to take off um, the, the life I'm living and being able to put on somebody else's life, it feels really important. So often I write yeah. through that lens and write from the perspectives of people that aren't, you know, that aren't me. When you, I was going to say, when you are writing from a perspective that isn't yourself, though, is it a case of that you're trying to um, tell a story that may not see the light of day or is it a case of that you're just so engrossed in these other characters that, these words just have to jump out or is there another element entirely to that? You just cut out. I don't know what you said. I'm yeah, very sorry. Can you say so that again? When, when you're writing these songs from a third person or from, you know, in the lens, mm. through the lens of another character's mind, what's, um, what usually are you trying to accomplish? Is it to sort of tell a story that may not get heard otherwise or is it to sort of try and get these creative juices flowing that you might not get if you're just trying to write something autobiographical or is there some other mm. aspect at play there or are you know are you not sure I at think, all <laughs> right i think i'm i'm connecting with some part of that character or some part of that character's yeah. story that feels relatable to me um, so, you know, in Death We Wed is a song that we wrote about um, Achilles and Patroclus, who are gay lovers of mm. Greek mythology. Um, and they, you know, they're very young. They go to war um, mm. and they, they almost have to choose between their immortality and their fame or their family and their sort of um, human connection. Um, and I think that that's something that I can relate to. I often feel like I'm going through a second adolescence and a lot of queer and disabled people feel the same. Um, and, and that I'm choosing between uh, living in the life of an artist or having, you know, a, a regular old life, a, a, you know, a job and a family and all that kind of stuff. So there's that existential crisis that I've, um, <laughs> that I connect with in that, in that Greek mythology. Yeah. Yeah. You love this. You love that existential shit. You, you, you absolutely mop it up. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all yeah, drama. I live it with all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I live an existential crisis on the daily, so you got to put it somewhere. Uh, life, life imitates art, imitates life. It's, it's big, big right. old burly bastard of a circle, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with with then going back to your um your producer Andrew, what what is it like? What is that working relationship like with him? Like what? How do you guys sort of operate when you want to put a song together when you come into the studio? Right. So, Andrew and I have been working together for, you know, 10 years or so. Mm. I've um, been, I think I met him when I was first, um, first met him when I was 15. Um, 
and I and I can't remember how I ended up in the studio, but I ended up there. And we've been writing together consistently, so we've been we're kind of accustomed to a certain process. We're yeah. really cutthroat, so we have a huge graveyard of songs that we've decided not to release. Um, we move very, very quickly. So, you know, yesterday, I think we must have gone through five choruses in a four-hour setting. We're, yeah. we're, you know, very fast about the way that we work. Um, what's interesting is that there are um, there are tones and notes that and frequencies that Andrew can hear and I can't because of my hearing loss. Um, and we actually created a song that we put at the end of our um, our latest EP that's called I Can't Hear This Note. And, and what we mm. did is we moved up the keyboard until we found a frequency that I couldn't hear. And then he wrote a song based on that frequency. I have no idea what that song is and I what that what that song sounds like. And I think that's a really interesting story. Um, I love the idea that there's a song on my own EP that I don't have access to because nothing is fully accessible to my audience and I don't want anything to be fully accessible to me. Um, but it's also really important to acknowledge that um, that this is a song that I've contributed to. I am essential in the creation of this song. So my disability is um, it's created from my disability and Andrew's ability. Um, and we decided to make this song because we realized that there are probably lots of tones and frequencies in all of our other songs that I, I can't hear either um, that, that Andrew's added. And we could go through and check those stems and remove those sounds, but it's, it's important for me to, to know, to be a part of my own audience and to know that, um, that I don't have access to some elements. I think that's really cool. It's a weirdly unique but kind of fascinating self-reflection that you don't normally see with artists. And again, it may actually be that function of of that hearing impairment that you're right, your audience never knows you the same way you do. And it's kind of weird to see that being backflipped, that your audience may end up knowing more about your music from an auditory perspective than you can. It's sort of like a weird sort of, I don't know mm. what, how to describe it. It's sort of like this weird convoluted, but really interesting concept that I don't think I've ever heard anyone bring up before, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, people often talk about um, you know, in disability spaces, they talk about being fully accessible and nothing is fully accessible. So I always think I think that import, that conversation is really important. And I do like the idea that some of our audience members can hear that song while some can't, while some mm. are, you know, while some are with me, others might might sit with Andrew. Um but we also, you know, we also create songs that aren't accessible to hearing audiences. Um, we create songs that are performed in silence in Auslan. So, so we have all of these moments where we kind of, we get to flip the script a little bit on our hearing yeah. audience. Yeah. We're so accustomed to, to being locked out of the music industry. So this is a way for us to kind of, yeah, turn tables and, and start, you know, um, creating an accessibility for other people. Look, all this stuff it, it gives it, it makes the uh, it makes the English majors orgasm. All this sort of self, all this sort of like <laughs> nitty gritty <laughs> philosophical stuff. You know, philosophy majors. Oh, they are loving this right now, Molly. It's just it's, there's so much meta oh, stuff. The the album's meta. You're meta. <laughs> Apart from you know causing undue excitement to philosophy majors and. Uh, being inclusive in the Auslan scene and, you know, winning Eurovision. Uh, <laughs> the, the, other thing, the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, 
the whole idea of basing not only your EP, but a lot of your performances you're mentioning on religious iconography. It's not really something that you would expect from a queer deaf band <laughs> to be put to be right. really putting on stage. So what I wanted to know is how do you come to that conclusion that this is the this is the art style we're going for? This is this is what we're going to dress up as, you know? As they say, don't right. let bad habits die, but these are habits you can definitely wear. <laughs> um, right. So I guess for us, the religious iconography is reclaiming. So deaf people historically have been shut out of churches and shut, shut out of religious spaces because mm. they can't um, hear supposedly the word of God. Um, and queer people have obviously been persecuted by um white religion for a really long time so it's important for us just to kind of like reclaim that space in a super funny um yeah comedic way um we have one song one song specifically on our ep called die for me mm. um it's like a synth wave meets electronic house track and it's about this sort of a music amusingly erotic relationship between Jesus and his followers. So it's kind of like <laughs> um, gives us a chance to make fun of that. But it's also a way for us to kind of celebrate butchness as well. Yeah, we think that, yeah. you know, butchers should definitely can be compared to our Lord and Saviour. So, um, we yeah, we kind of hype that up a little bit. And I don't think we're always going to be hitting on religious iconography. I think that we'll probably move on to something else shortly, but this is where where our um our imagery sits at the moment. So you're basically saying this is your little Nas cowboy phase. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What next you're gonna do a pirate theme? Like <laughs> what's what's happening here, Molly? <laughs> I think we're gonna do something medical next. We're excited Ooh. to um have you seen those old like uh you know those old bird masks that doctors used to wear? Yeah, plague um, doctors. To protect against, yeah, yeah, protect <laughs> against the plague back in the day. We've started, because we make our own costumes, so we've started kind of sewing yeah. those together. Um, and we're excited to put um, Andrew and uh, the Joshes, so our bass mm. um, keys and, and, and drummer, to put them in whatever gear we decide they should wear. <laughs> They're really... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're good sports to be honest they'll they'll do what they're told so that's awesome <laughs> pulls out the whip <laughs> yeah um but, but yeah that's, so that's kind of cool like you haven't managed to break them yet <laughs> not yet no with um, yet being, they, being, pretty- being the very key word here molly <laughs> <laughs> we had this moment where um, I think it must have been five minutes before a show. We decided that we would paint our drummer gold and have him playing drums in his underwear. Um, and I think that was a really uncomfortable moment for him. He was like, right, this is the last time I'm doing this. But, you know, never, never say never. <laughs> it's like drinks are definitely on you guys for the next week by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't into the Tin Man fantasy, obviously. So no, he wasn't down for it. No, no, you know, Emerald City upon the hill thing. You know, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so that's obviously off the cards. Then I don't know. I think if we get him again five minutes before a show, um, and we, <laughs> we ambush him into doing something else, it, you know, he'll be up for it. So that's the trick. He might regret it, but yeah, 
<laughs> you were mentioning before briefly, and I want to want to touch on it a bit more about your music videos and the fact that you tailor some songs and some music videos specifically for the hearing impaired. When you're trying to structure, we, we, we I just want to make. I just want to make sure we say hard of hearing. Oh, hard of hearing. My apologies. Yeah. Um, so, right. so some some videos obviously have music in it. Some videos are specifically to cater for the hard of hearing. With this, is there sort of a different approach you have to take with the visuals depending on whether there's going to be music or not involved? Absolutely. So um, all of our music videos are performed in Auslan. Um, we go to our deaf mentors and we make sure that we get that tick of approval yeah. um, before we put them out. Um, we It's almost like we have two projects going in parallel. So mm. we've got deaf project, got hearing project. So we write the songs and we write the sound. And then on, on the other hand, you know, we were writing the Auslan. And I feel yeah. like I kind of sit at the centre of that. So I work with Jack and Laura, who are our Auslan signers, on the visuals and on the Auslan translation or the Auslan storytelling. And then I work in the studio on sound stuff. So it, it feels like I'm constantly jumping between between worlds. Um, for the Auslan videos sometimes we sometimes we create videos that have sound and sometimes we don't so sometimes we orient the the signing to the sound so that it moves with the rhythm and um it sort of looks a little bit like a dance um and then you know we're, we're releasing a, a video next week that's just silence and we, we're calling it a music video because we get to do that i was gonna um, say i'm um, actually just- <laughs> on sorry to interrupt but you're talking about the video yeah. coming out next week as of recording um do you know what day that's going to be out because depending on on the day oh. this episode might actually um be coming out as the video is getting released I wish I could tell you. Um, it's uh, is it confidential? The, the or, are, is it confidential? No, no, or we the, don't know ourselves. The people who are premiering it are like it's like a little carrot right now. So oh, no. that they're holding. So we we don't know when it's coming out. They get to decide. Um, so I'm just going to very vaguely say next week. So the the old carrot and stick technique, the carrot is, yeah, we're going to premiere, we're going to premiere this video (laughs) and the stick is, but we're not going to tell you when. Exactly right. Yeah. So we're waiting on that one. Um, But that is, we get get to call it a music video because we get to do that and music doesn't have to have sound. Mm. Um, That's the conversation that we're trying to start in the music industry. The music doesn't have to be sound oriented. So, um, so this one is is just a, a silent film, and we created it with um, Dean from Beatmatch, so um, who's a lighting designer, yeah. and he uses lighting in a really interesting way. So um, the the lighting kind of follows the sign language story, which is very cool. There's a moment um, where you know an arrow is shot into somebody's chest, and we get to see the light kind of shooting and and the 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 pulling red and and all of that. So it's really beautiful. Right, so there's sort of a different different approach than if if say that video had sound. It's there's there's more a lot of symbolism. I'm guessing going on with by the sense of it, the colours and the the art style that you use as well. Yeah, exactly right. And um, the person who's performing the video is Laura Bullock, who um, is my wife and also, um, you know, a, a signer in our band. And Laura is completely deaf. So at the start of the song, they take off their cochlear and hearing aid and they perform the song in silence. So it's performed in silence. It's delivered in silence. Um, and it's really interesting to create as well because we had to 
um, mediate between uh, Dean, who's our lighting designer, a hearing person, and Laura, who has isn't wearing a cochlear or a hearing aid and can't hear anything. So Jack and I are like constantly kind of um, we're we're interpreting between the two or we're translating rather, but we're also um, you know we're also kind of choreographing the Auslan uh, to the lighting at the same time. So it's like multiple um, <laughs> modes of communication happening at once. It's really complicated. It um, really is a game yeah. of Auslan whispers <laughs> by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. We actually have that game in Auslan. It's um, a game we, we play it a lot in our community. Um, and I hope that we communicated everything accurately. Um, and I think that we did, but it's, it's a challenge. It's a yeah. challenge when you're on set and you're, you've got, you know, three deaf people there who use Auslan and maybe an, inter- an interpreter. And then you've got, you know, six hearing people yeah. and nobody's supposed to speak unless absolutely necessary. And it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. It gets really messy. What I was going to say, that's actually, that actually brings up a point which I hadn't thought about. The logistics of the show itself must be really interesting because, Roadies don't normally have to cater to the hard of hearing. It's like, you know, it's a usually a, a concert, like a concert that's usually focused largely on sound. So do you have to find that you have to work with certain people that maybe have more experience or is it a case of that really any good roadie, any good sound engineer can really pick it up once they've, once they've gotten used to what your band is and what you're all about? Our band, we're so lucky. Our band is really good at advocating for us. So our manager, Josh Turlick, he takes care of a lot of that kind of communicative stuff. He knows what we need. He knows what we need in our fallback. Um, And, you know, often when you're communicating on stage with fallback, you Mm. use gesture anyway. You point to your speaker, you point up if you want more sound or you point to the keys and you point up. But, yeah, it's all all gesture anyway. So that's really convenient. and and we do have our own, you know, our own sound engineer that we're hoping to kind of start to work with more and more. So, yeah, um, yeah getting the sound right on stage is a really big, big one for us. But also using technology as well. Like mm-hmm. we're going to try to, you know, put in a, a flashing light so that we know where the beats are and we know where we are in the song so that we're not losing our place. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's about finding other ways of communicating and also relying on trusting and relying on our band and relying on the on their communication, them communicating on our behalf. Yeah, I suppose that's where having a consistent consistent staff behind the the band would really help because that way you've got that high level of quality control. You know, you know exactly what they're going to do. Everyone's very comfortable with each other. Absolutely. And making sure we work with the right people. Some people never understand. They never really understand what it's like to work with deaf and hard of hearing people. And it, it doesn't matter how many times you explain to them that you can't hear. They're just not going to, not going to, it's not going to click for them. So yep. finding the right people has been really important. And I think we've been really lucky um, that we've been able to do that. Nice. Nice. And it's going to be certainly interesting um, to see one of those shows live. I hope when you do come down to Melbourne, we can actually come along and, and witness it too, because I feel like that would be, it'd be, it'd be such a, such something, su- something to look forward to. I really feel. Oh yeah. We're, we're dying to come to Melbourne. We had our tour canceled recently, like everybody else, yeah. um, but we've, we've got plans real to come to Melbourne next year. It's a real fucking ass. It is. 
It really is. And we're really lucky in WA because we're not in lockdown like you are. Oh. Um, we have been really lucky. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it And it's it really in. easy. <laughs> but it's easy for us to forget that, that you are in lockdown or that lockdown is happening all around Australia. Um, it's, we, we, I feel a little bit in chilly here in WA. Um, so, yeah, feel for you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. But at the same time, I'm just happy you guys can also do those things. Um, and luck, luck as it is, unfortunately, we can't be in the same boat. But hopefully, mm. fucking get vaxxed, people. I keep mentioning this, but get fucking vaxxed. Get pricked, you Imagine dog. if I was an, a- an anti-vaxxer in you. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of- gigs and what you eventually want to do, you know, plans, wishes, hopes, dreams. I guess they're all in the same boat at this point in time. Um, what have you guys got planned next for the rest of the year? Cool. Um, we are – we've got a few shows coming up. So, we've got uh, mm-hmm. Wave Rock. We've got our own show coming up at um, Fremantle Arts Centre and we're also playing Raising the Vibe Festival. So, a few shows in WA. Um, and apart from that, we're we're really just we're in the studio every week and we're writing. Um, so we're hoping to have another single out. We're hoping to create a video album in the near future, probably not until next year. We're hoping to have a wedding that we can share with our community. Um, that's a, that's a big, you know, big hot performance mm. art piece. Um, so we've got heaps of stuff in Wait, the works. So when you say wedding, are you do you mean like an actual wedding or an actual performance style? You know, sort of a performance in the style of a wedding. Um, something integrated. So okay. we we would like to have an actual wedding that that we can invite the community to, but it's going to be kind of integrated into a big performance art show. So you know, I mean, we probably won't do that until next year, but we're really excited to to put on this really strange, um, yeah, uh, wedding show. I'm feeling <laughs> soaring Queen esque guitar solo after you may now kiss the bride. I feel is a hundred and ten percent appropriate, you know. Or all like, right, or the uh, you know the big fan, get the big fan out, you know. Get the you have to get a guitarist with long hair, or <laughs> get someone, or wear a wig, a toupee. I don't, I don't know. I can uh, see like a big veil billowing in the <laughs> in the air. <laughs> yes, do you love it? Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, can can I be can I be the wedding planner? I, I feel like I'm please get right around this. <laughs> Yes, you're hired. Get the get the fan of instead of the hair, absolutely the the veil going back just as you rip into another harmonized a ten minute harmonized guitar solo. Yeah, and then actually, wow. no, I'm, I'm probably thinking more Guns and Roses with the whole whole wedding. Um, what's the song? Uh, November Rain thing. That's oh, what wow. I'm. That's like what big, I'm thinking of. The big of. solo. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, you, I've got slash you, on speed fired. dial. <laughs> <laughs> I got Slash on speed dial, if you want me to call him up. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, you were hired and then you were fired, so it was, it was um, fleeting, wasn't it? Oh. Wow. As, as all good <laughs> things are, Molly, as all good things are. <laughs> Apart from Alter Boy, you guys are definitely here to stay. That's, that's what I was going to say. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, speaking of like metal. You're hired again. You're hired again. Stuff, you're hired. You're back. <laughs> Um, yeah, but a lot of people don't don't realize um, how passionate we are about like metal. 
because <laughs> we're we're this little um old boy group that does you know dark pop music but we actually integrate a lot of metal stuff into our show so um you know maybe we can pull out some metal stops at our um at our wedding as well well as i think i've mentioned before dark pop and metal just go hand in hand mm. as i was mentioning you're 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 also a fan of the luna vexa type um, which yeah. I was, and we were discussing about how her live show mimics a lot of style, a lot of metal styles and ideas that you get in that genre. So there's definitely a lot of crossover appeal with both with both types of music. I feel it's so nice to see metal starting to be integrated into different types of music, into folk, into pop. Um, you know, for metal to show up where it previously previously didn't belong, I think that's very cool. Mm. Absolutely. I say let them mix. It all You must. say what? I said let it all yeah. coagulate. Yeah. Some weird yeah, I would love to see it. Weird style. No. But in all seriousness, um, Molly, it has been a lot of fun having you on. Uh, for for those of you listening to the episode well, I was gonna say for those of you listening to the episode, you mean everybody listening to the episode. Um <laughs> <laughs> hadn't realised we had a big old cutout halfway through, so we've had to patch that together and and do a hop and a skip and a jump and just soldier on, which I'm, I'm guessing is the yeah. attitude you guys bring as well by the sounds of it. Absolutely. Show must go on. Absolutely, yeah. And, Molly, thanks again. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys have got in store in the next year or so. Um, <laughs> Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all honesty, yeah, thanks again. It's It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Now, we are going to finish on a song that you previously mentioned, uh, which has a, as we were discussing before, great theme, the whole butch thing. Um, I am, of course, talking about Die For Me. You've sort of sort of briefly touched on what it's about, but I was hoping maybe to get more a bit more of an insight as to the production choices behind this one um, that both you and... And uh, your producer, I forgot. I momentarily forgot his name. I do apologise, Molly. That's all right, Andrew Wright. So Andrew. he's a producer on this one. I, yeah. I get the sense he might have a have a bit more to say about its production than than what I can. But it, it was really nice for us to revisit some or revamp some eighties vibes. That mm. was very cool. Um, and to to kind of bring some kind of electronic house. Um, synth wave into yeah. our EP, um, and it's just kind of a funny, silly song that's um, that, that lets us take back some of our power from fundamentalist Christianity and to celebrate to celebrate butchers and butch lesbians. Um, yeah, um, I thought you said butchers and- for a sec, and I was like butchers and Jesus. Now, now all I can think of is that skit that there's a skit that um, they did for Saturday Night Live that. Parodies Django Unchained, but it's Jesus Unchained, and it's um that Austrian oh. actor that was that's always in those Tarantino films. I can't remember his name, and he's going around with a big chainsaw, murdering murdering Romans. Wow, um, not what I meant, but love it, absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, bu- butchers rather it. than butch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think it's really important for for butchers, butchers, <laughs> butchers. to um, yeah, to to be celebrated and for um, for queer people to reclaim their, mm. their their space in in um fundamentalist Christianity. I think is really cool. So yeah, go butchers. So for those of you not in the know, um, 
for people people that aren't too familiar with the queer community, what's the actual definition of a of a butch person or a a, a but what's what's it? How do you say it? Butchers. Butch, yeah. yeah. But some people who are butch, most people who are butch identify as lesbians or Mm. sapphic or bisexual. Um, I don't know that butch can really be defined. I think that butch is in the way that you walk, in the way that you talk, in the way that you that you you know that you wheel, the way that you are in the world. I don't know that it it deserves a um, my definition. I think. you know, if, if anything, I think people should read Stone Butch Blues by Leslie Feinberg because that's mm. where I learned about about butchness and the power of butchers. So, um, yeah, read the book, do some Googles, <laughs> uh, follow, follow Butch is Not a Dirty Word on Instagram. We're yep. big fans of Butch is Not a Dirty Word. So, um, yeah, deserves to be celebrated. Butch is on a pedestal. Yes, yes, yes. It does sound like it's like its own almost sub style or, you know, whole attitude. It's like a whole, it's its own whole, yeah. you know, rabbit hole that you can go down and explore. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, f- you know, figure out or find the butchness, um, you know, later in life and it, it hits them in the face. It's, you know, they come to the realization that that's, that they were a butch all along. And I think those mm. narratives are really beautiful. Or when butchers find other butchers, it's such a cool part of the community, such a cool niche in our community, yeah. powerful yeah. niche in our community. So, um, yeah, we just want, we want to show up for our butchers, um, our fellow butchers. Nice. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, more, more, the more you know, Molly, the more you know. <laughs> um, again, I'm thanks. here to educate. Thank you so much. Let's we'll play the Thank song. You. We'll play the song. Hope everything goes well, as I was saying before. Why don't you take us out on the song, Molly? Tell us what we're about to listen to and tell us who you and the rest of your bandmates are. Butchers are hot and should definitely be compared to Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. We are altar boy. We are gay, most of us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Fantastic. We're gay. We can't we can't, we can't hear too good. <laughs> Perfectly summed up. And now uh, what's the name of the song, Molly? Die for me. Brilliant. Here it is, folks.
It's VK, and you're listening to AMR. that folks bit of moon city by vk and before that the uh 
my personal favourite, the absolute banger, Die For Me by Alter Boy. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Alter Boy, for just oh, for putting up with me. <laughs> we had a few technical issues during that interview. Not going to lie, dropped out a bit. You know, the old, the old reliable cross Nullarbor plain internet connection. Always a winner. But in all seriousness, um, I'm very keen to be seeing and hearing more, hopefully, of Alter Boy. Uh, go and check out, obviously, the the new EP when you get a chance, Act of God. A phenomenal piece of art. And um, also their visual art, too, considering they are, of course, as you heard before, a deaf band. So the visuals are just important as the, the music. So please go and, and check out their videos as well. And if you can catch them at a live show, please do. I see they've got a few shows coming up, including their EP launch on um, October 23 at the Fremantle Arts Centre. So, yeah, go and, go and do yourself a favour if you're, um, you know, in that WA prison right now. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. Um, thank you, SGC Media, too, for helping hook us up with that one. Um, you guys always do a phenomenal amount of work. But um, right now, I've got to tell you a bit about what you just heard right there. Well, I mean, I already did tell you, but I'm going to go into a bit more detail. It's uh, VK. An artist that I am all too familiar with. Again, another Kiwi artist that uh, we've played before and I've had the pleasure of interviewing and actually sent in their music themselves. Would you believe? My God, my God, my God. Please send in your tracks to amrairplayatmail.com. It's such a good reminder because I do actually play or I do try to play artists that have sent in their own tracks because it's very, very, very satisfying. But... Moon City, as I said, is the name of the track. It's out now, same with all the other artists you're hearing. And uh, this song is going to be, well, it is the fourth single. It's going to be on their upcoming record called Inferno. Now, VK, we have, (laughs) it's like everything she puts out is just phenomenal because um, we've been lapping that up. You know, we did the um, the AMR Premix write-up a little while back. Of course, we interviewed her when her previous um, EP Fine Lines came out. And I know we've played another one of her, her singles previously as well, but honestly, I, I feel VK can do no wrong. And this particular song, as she describes, is her is her breakup anthem, you know, which is apparently the first one she's ever put out. So good on you. But I tell you what, really, when you take a step back, it really is a side of this artist that I haven't had the um, honour of becoming familiar with before. I'm used to the drum and bass and the, the hard fucking EDM sounds, but this one's actually, she's pulled out the introspective late night driving piano ballad right here, you know, the fucking going on a big long drive, you know, broken up, broken up with the long-term partner, cry my eyes out and the street lamps are reflecting off my forehead, you know, perfect sad midway point through a movie scene soundtrack stuff going on right here, but... I mean, it, it's not just a piano ballad. I mean, there's, of course, the breakdown, as you heard, which is just classic VK, and it provides that that dynamic that I do indeed crave for. Um, love the transitions, too, between those two phases of the song, I guess you can call them. Very well picked. Kudos to uh, Will Henderson, who uh, is behind the wheel of this particular song and the upcoming record as well. Now, my darling cherubs, we're going to ramp things up to fucking 11 now, as we normally do, because this heavy reborn period, or, you know, 
songs that you know I would imitate would be on Heavy Reborn because we got to play a couple of hard hitting tracks now, folks. You know me, love my little bit of metal, love my little bit of punk and r- hard rock, and I could never go astray with some good quality refage. And you're in for a couple of treats right now, back to back, back to back rock and roll. Uh, right up now, after I finish chit chatting to you, is uh, Agapantha's new song Pseudo, which is uh, a, a really, really ballsy song about fake friends and how we don't need that shit in our lives. We've got enough shit going on. Uh, Agapantha, you ask me, are a alt punk rock band from Adelaide. Well, that, that's what they describe their style as. Um, it's like it's just it's just punk. I didn't know there was an alt punk. I thought punk was alt enough as it is. I mean, I mean back in the day it probably was. I mean now it's just all you know pop punk, folks. Not that I have anything wrong with pop punk. I love me some pop punk, but it's good to get a bit of alt punk in there every now and again. The harder, the uh, edgier side of things. But no, Agapantha. They don't mince their words. They're really not into people who are into one sided relationships. Apparently. Um, People that take but never give, so to speak. What do I like? I mean, despite the one-sided nature of the lyrics, so I'm going to sort of this like back and forth see seesaw motion going on with the um, guitar riff, like throughout the whole song, and sort of you know ingrained itself in the rhythm and the and the beat, which I really appreciate. Actually, it sort of added this nice um, cycl- cyclical motion feel to the song. If that, if that makes any sense. Uh, apart from that, though. I had some great little transa- transa- transitions, sorry, into the uh, little bass guitar passages rolling in in the quieter parts. Um, oh, yeah. It was one line that I fucking just, just was just a brilliant piece of lyricism. Um, racking, up, racking up excuses like white lines. <laughs> great line. Uh, kudos. And uh, apart from that, just a good old out, you know, good old climax on the outro there. Good old bit of punk. Right after that, um, postcards, which if you try and spell it like the word, you're going to have been bad, bad luck. It's P-S-T-C-R-D-S. So the old, um, oh, yes, the old punk adage of we don't need no verbs. <sighs> Inside your head. And now they've gotten in. This fucking verb shit, verb free shit is living in my head rent free now. Thanks, postcards. Now, these guys are not from Adelaide. They're from another another dodgy part of the world, um, a.k.a. Newcastle. I feel bad we're stealing Newcastle's riffs. Aren't they supposed to have the earthquakes? Anyway, <laughs> um, post-cuz, um, well, you know, another pop-punk. Well, actually, it's more, yeah, leaning towards pop-punk, these guys. But, you know, two punk songs in a row, can't complain. Um, it's part of a, a two-track, which is a release, which is self-explanatory. It's got two tracks in it. It's out now, so go and check that out. Um, they've uh, been releasing songs ever since their uh, last year's EP, which was called This Place or Our Place. But that aside, um, great little great little song, what I did enjoy, that this song kept up, and indeed a hefty, hefty pace. And uh, like all good pop-punk songs, I had that bona fide sing-along chorus that you just come to expect in the genre. Uh, again, regardless of what style of punk, they know how to finish with a good breakdown at the end of the song. So, guys, fellas, both bands, brilliant stuff. Very much like, very much like. And indeed, I feel like it's time to stoink up. But right before I do, though, 
Let me remind you about the aforementioned Heavy Reborn, which is sort of these songs are sort of right up the uh, Heavy Reborn alley. But they put these guys put out a new episode out late last week with a couple of awesome interviews, plus a absolute slew of new heavy tracks from Australian bands. They never, ever, ever disappoint those guys. Bloody Mick, Jay, Carly, and a bit of GM in there. Those guys are as toit as toit can be. Make sure you go and listen to them too. AustralianMusiciansRadio.com, our loving website where you can stream any of the Heavy Reborn episodes at your own leisurely pace. But what is not going to be at a leisurely pace are the two upcoming songs that I'm going to play for you right now. Fucking Agapantha with Pseudo and Postcards or Postcards, if you pronounce it without the verbs. Uh, but the song title actually has verbs in it. Uh, did I say verbs and not? My God, did I just, um, I think I fucked up there and, and accidentally called a vowel a verb. Me, me, me learn English, that impossible. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> lacking the vowels there, puss I digress, the uh, song title does not miss out on any vowels and it's properly, properly titled Inside Your Head. What's going to go inside your head now is these songs right here on Bar Talk.
G'day, this is Jay Stark from Heavy Reborn. You're listening to AMR. Wowza, yowza, yowza, yowza. My God, that was good. That was so fucking good. That was a little bit of uh, postcards without the vowels <laughs> inside your head. Oh, I'm getting in there. But before that, Agapantha with Pseudo. Right here, back on Bar Talk. It's me, Big D, the Daniel Lampern, the the love of your life. I hope I'm the love of your your life because uh, I'm the only love. And that love is music. The love is indeed good quality music, which is what we're always getting every single fucking week. So many songs, so many songs. People don't realise how many songs I have to cut to make the eight songs, the 12 songs that we have to play for the episode. 
um, it's a it's a real massacre, so to speak. You know, the, the battlefields of World War One have nothing upon the experiences of my mind when I do have to pick the final cut. Enough of that philosophical bullshit. It's here to guess talk about what else is happening on the old AMRs. You may hear me a little bit more looser, and that's fine. That's totally 100% fine. What have I done in the world of uh, non-chronological listening pleasures? Well, in the meantime, whilst be- between this particular um, segment and the previous section that I did, I had the pleasure of um, recording uh, the We Only Do One Take podcast. So that should be out now by the time this episode comes out. It should come out yesterday as of release. Uh, we had a good old fun chat. It's not for the faint of hearted. We got a little bit on PC. Oh, I got a little bit drunk. Actually, I got quite a bit drunk. I've been progressively getting th- – I got progressively through a, literally a whole bottle of wine uh, throughout the episode, and my my dirty, dirty wog bog mouth just started speaking for me, and, and it doesn't stop, folks. Uh, but here I am after that, now doing these segments. So, yeah, things are going to get a little bit like loose right now, but which is okay because at this point in the in the episode, we get to like the indie sort of side of things and like the the more like the chill side of things. And without getting too much into detail right now, we're going to get onto two really good indie tracks: um, a bit of Lennon Wells and Great Gable in that particular order. Now, Lennon Wells, you haven't heard that name before. I certainly haven't, and I'm, I'm sure you haven't either. Lennon, you know why? Because they're from Tassie. You know how long it's been since we've played a fucking Tassie band? Fucking Chase City, move over. We've got a whole new fucking big boy in town. No, Lennon, Lennon Wells are from Hobart, and they are up and coming in the local scene. Tasmania, as I have been told time and time again, has a very tight and loyal music scene for good reason. I mean, what else are you supposed to do on a desolate island such as that, apart from, you know, eating really good food? (laughs) But um, I digress. Uh, Lennon Wells, spelt like Lennon, like John Lennon, the Beatle, the guy that got, you know, uh, the guy that sung the old rhythm guitar and played the vocals, if you know what I mean. But no, I digress. Um, This song we're about to play is called Comparisons, and uh, these guys, you know what? Been getting around the Tassie festival scene, and it's a good little scene. So I've been been um, so I've been told. Uh, the aforementioned Chase City have been playing with these guys. You know, it's a small world in Tassie, not too many people, and fair enough. But um, these guys have been selling out their Tassie shows. You know what? They're a good little island. And I'm trying to see if these guys have got. Uh, I don't know if they've got an actual EP or anything coming out. Oh, no, they do. They do. They have an upcoming EP, it says, but it doesn't go into detail. So it's a bit of mystery, but this is their third single off the EP. Very excited. What do I like about this particular song, you ask? Well, you know what? I thought it was a very classic Aussie-style sort of complaint indie song. You know, it actually reminded me of the the old 70s song, you know, uh, All My Friends Are Getting Married. It's like the modern update of that, you know, just complaining about what all all your friends are up to and then just grumbling about it. But um, you'll listen to the lyrics and it's a lot, bit of fun. I had a bit old, bit of old chuckles. 
But I thought it it was the kind of song that per- perfectly encapsulates that sort of theme of still feeling like an adolescent when you're supposed to be an adult, um, which is what I feel like half the time. I still feel like I'm a good, you know, <laughs> 10 years younger than I am. Um, but apart from that, though, I have to really appreciate the drum work in this song. Um, some quality writing work on the, um, the hats and the cymbals in the chorus. And, you know, actually... Just all throughout the song, great drumming work. After that, though, we have the great Gable song, Hazy, which is uh, one of their new singles. Now, I haven't really got too much information about what they're up to at the moment, apart from that they have recently signed with the with their new label, Rainbow Valley Records, which is headed up by a little man called Matt Corby, uh, jointly, shall I say. But the, these guys are from Perth, so moving back over to WA. Seriously, the we're going all over the country and all over New Zealand for this week's episode. I love it. Uh, apparently, these guys have got a big old Aussie Kiwi tour happening between the end of this year and sort of coming into next year. So, keep an eye out on their socials for where they will be playing because hopefully we'll be all vaxxed. And that reminds me, get your fucking vax, Get fucking pricked. Get jabbed, guys. Get the Ast- Astra Zucchini. Get the Michelle Pfizer. Get the get the super flash Moderna because you boys want to be going to gigs soon, and the only way to do that, if you're in lockdown like we are, is to get on the vax, you know, and then afterwards get on the beers once you've had the double dose. But yeah, all all um all things aside, um, be cool to see Great Gable on the road. Uh, I particularly liked this song because. Particularly the bass. I tell you what, actually, out of all the songs this week, the bass was particularly prominent. Apart from that, though, um, you know, they had a pretty good use of these synthesizer accents throughout certain portions of the song. But apart from that, I, I tell you what, with the lead guitar licks, the sort of the chilled vocals, and actually another great example of good drumming, all in all, I thought the musical elements in this song blended superbly. And I hope you enjoy the blending as much as I enjoy the blending because we're going to play them right now. Lennon Wells with Comparisons. And after that, Great Gable with Hazy. I'll be back soon on a semi-drunk bar talk.
Hello sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR.
My God, that's a great song by Great Gable called Hazy. Before that, comparisons by Lennon Wells. Right here on Bar Talk, folks. It's me, Big D, Daniel M. Pern, the Dippus, the Doy, the Boy, right here coming back to you with some terrible kind of word vomit because that's what happens when you do a separate podcast halfway between recording your own podcast and you get drunk on that podcast and now you have to deal with me, Drunk Daniel, as I sort of round out the last segment of this show, telling you about how great I am and how great this show is. Maybe perhaps that like little bit of extra drink is just that 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 that, that pusher over the liner to getting you to, you know, subscribe to wherever you you listen to your podcasts. But in all seriousness, um, I should probably actually, you know, I should probably talk about what you can do to support us uh AMR as regularly as a channel. Now I know we've got some t shirts. Still left, AMR T-shirts. I have one. They're very nice T-shirts, believe me. They've got our logo on it. They've got Bar Talk, I think, written on somewhere. I, I, look, I didn't design them. Um, hopefully, once we've, you know, we'll give you, you know, get come and get a shirt off us because then eventually we will get the round two. We'll get the, the uh, AMR sh- shirt design mark two. And you bet your fucking asses it's going to be the best thing ever. But in the meantime, you've got the AMR shirt mark one, which is nothing wrong with it. Got to get around the shirts. Apart from that, though, you can fucking um, give Gareth a message, our lovely station manager, type up a message on the AMR chat and go, hey, I just want to say good day." And you know what? Gareth might either ignore you <laughs> or he might message you and just automatically, automatically say, please send your music into amrairplayatmail.com, which actually is a really good segue to say if you are an independent artist and you want me to bullshit about your music for a few minutes, like I am now, send your music in, along with your your press release, and along with your your photos of you as an artist. I want to see what you look like. I also want to hear about you, where you come from, where you come from, where you go, and who you go, cotton-eyed fucking Josephina. I I digress. Um, Apart from that, though, you can catch the uh, AMR Australia socials on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which are the main channels for following this great station of ours. Apart from that, though, Bar Talk has their own socials on specifically Facebook. And, of course, we have our own YouTube, which I'm putting up the interviews of every week. If you just want to listen to the interviews, don't want to have to listen to me brag on about how drunk I am, go to YouTube. The Bar Talk YouTube, it's a great channel, best best channel ever. I I did the uh the cover photo of it too specifically so it fits the dimensions of a YouTube channel. I'm I'm thinking here, bros. I'm thinking here, but yeah. In all seriousness, go on, go on, if you just want to listen to the interviews, they're all on YouTube. Apart from that though, we are um on AustralianMusiciansRadio.com where you can find all the other AMR shows like Heavy Reborn, Fuck You Radio, Mint Factory, all the other ones that are um. Fucking the talk act show when it's back on again. But all the AMR shows that we bloody come in and out of, they're all via the website. Not only that, though, you can find us, Bar Talk specifically, on shows.acast.com forward slash Bar Talk. But if you want to look up our actual webpage on the website, it's AustralianMusiciansRadio.com forward slash Bar hyphen talk. 
or you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, you know. <laughs> that that may be easier. Regardless, though, I want to thank our uh, business and promotional partners. Of course, the great Suki Lounge. Keen to get back there again when lockdown ends in a couple of months. Apart from that, though, Drum Power Music Factory Direct. You may be in lockdown, but you can still order off them online. Make sure you go and check out their website and their socials too. Now, for those of you wondering what I'm going to do right now, is I'm going to tell you about the last two fucking songs we're going to play. I don't know why, but it's always at the end of the show that I tend to find that some of the best production occurs with these sort of folklia, indiara songs. And for good reason, there's always a bit of nuance involved, and I love nuance. Nuance is my fucking bread and butter. I eat that shit up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but I must tell you about what dinner we're going to gobble up right now. Eli Green Eyes. She don't care. That's the first song up. What can I tell you about Eli? Well, let me tell you. It's a good bit of indie rock. Indie sort of like just indie, I guess. Yeah, whatever, I guess. you can. It can be called whatever you want it to be called. But I tell you what, I do appreciate some sharp lyricism in these tracks and lyricism that you can easily follow along with. Eli has a voice which just makes you understand and, and really appreciate the lyrics. Because I tell you what, <laughs> this is the best opening line I've heard in a while. It goes, and I quote, she wears sunglasses at night. Because her confidence is bright. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's like it doesn't work the same when you go full spoken word. But I tell you what, with the fucking production, it does the job. Now, <laughs> it has been a while since I have heard a proper good punching above my weight song. And this is basically what it is. It's a fun song about like a, having, I guess, a good old crush on a girl. And you're knowing that, you know, she's just way above you. You're never going to get there. But having a lot of fun with those feelings, it's just something about the mixing in this song that is just so sillily, super satisfying. Um, I don't know. I just really like the production with this song. It just has this sort of brilliant 90s throwback vibe to it. And apparently there's like going by the PR here that Eli loves his 90s music. And, I, and he's very influenced by it, and I'm not bloody surprised. Um, yeah, very satisfying song. After that, though, we have oh, something absolutely gorgeous for you. Uh, Joan and the Giants with Just For You. Actually, sidetrack here, both these artists are from WA. So I think that's only appropriate that we finish on a couple of WA artists on an interview, on an episode, sorry, where an interview happened with a WA artist. It's only natural, but Joan of the Giants is, well, I was going to say is indeed natural, but no, when you have this much reverb on your songs, it's not natural, but I digress. It still sounds amazing. You know, gave me the old Florence and the Machine reminiscing vibes, you know. Apart from that, though, it just has, I guess, it, 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 the production, the spacious production just gives me this sort of gorgeous, beautiful, delicate song in its ex execution and with the vocals of the guest artist who is also a, another singer-songwriter from Perth, Lilia. It's just an incredibly, incredibly 
satisfying and phenomenal duet. Their, their voices just melt together, which I absolutely love. Now, in addition to that, you add those subtle acoustics and synth string arrangements in the chorus, and honestly, that that hook, it just takes me to the next level. It's fucking ethereal. Um, and it's such a great way to finish the episode. So, guys, I just want to, before I do jump right into the audio orgasm that is these last two songs, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow our socials. Be f- sure, wherever you listen to your podcasts, give us a like, a subscribe, a follow, and a review if you can. And tell me how much you want to kiss my ass because I'm amazing. And so are you, folks. I- I'm all about sharing the positivity because we've got two incredibly positive songs coming up right now. Eli Green Eyes, She Don't Care. And after that, Joan and the Giants with Just For You featuring Lilia. Right here on Bar Talk, my baby, my beautiful, beautiful baby. Boys, we'll probably be back next week, perhaps with a co-host. I keep promising extra co-hosts, but who knows where they fucking come from. They're a valuable art form right now. Nonetheless, I wish you all a good night whilst wearing sunglasses. I guess Eli's going to take you off with that point. She wears sunglasses inside Cause her confidence is bright She's already one of the pros now I used to know her face It was stuck behind a cage And nobody would believe that she's highbrow But she don't care about me, about anyone, about me, about anyone, she don't care, about me, coming up against the sky, now I'm over 25, it feels funny knowing you in the Yeah.
sunglasses inside Cause the confidence is bright She's already one of the pros now Days are done. Take a little 
the sky In the hardest times I hold on to the thought of you and I Australian Musicians Radio dot com